Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. A, a new series um, and one that we've just been building towards actually since the start of the year. Deb and I just really felt like we're just carrying this in our heart. And uh, so we've even got it up on the walls actually. Uh, follow closer, love stronger. Follow closer, love stronger. Yeah, I received those claps. Well, he does anyway, because we're excited about following who God is in this place. We're excited about leaning into who He is. And we've got this key verse up here, and it says, We love because He first loved us. And, you know, that really is we can only love when we know His love. Like, He is the real deal, and He's the one that wants to, you know, change the rhythms of our lives so that we actually start, uh, we start sort of, We step into the rhythms that He has in heaven, that He has intended for us to walk in. Like His love is the greatest rhythm that is around this universe. Who knows that? If you know that, you know you're in a a good place uh, today. Um, I just want to start with a wee story today. Um, One time, actually, the former pastor of this church, um, who can remain nameless for most of the story, um, he he ran out of fuel, and he ran out of fuel just on this side of the Ashley uh, River. And um, he was in his car. He called me on the phone, and and I drove down there, uh, there and I and I gave uh, gave him a tow. We ho- I hooked him up, and we're just coming back towards Rangiora. And who knows the road there? It does a little bit of a, a right hand turn as it comes into you know towards Rangiora. And so as we were going around that right hand turn, I just feel like the back of my car just kind of like starting to go left, and I'm like. I'm turning right, but my car wants to go left. And it was like the brakes came on and I'm sort of skewing. And then I hear this almighty like bang. And, um, and I see this other car in my rear view mirror. It just kind of goes off the road. <laughs> and it just about crashes into a hedge and it stops right in front of a power pole. And um, it was a funny moment really when I think back because it wasn't me who did it. It was the other guy. Uh, it was funny for that, and I thought, I'm always going to have this on you. Uh, and, and what had happened, though, is that he had, you know, he'd got into his car, and we'd gone off down the road, and but he'd forgotten to put his keys in the ignition. Easily done, because we're not going to be starting the car, are we? We're just going to be following the other car. But when he went around the corner, the wheel lock went click. <laughs> <laughs> so he had no ability uh, to actually control the car, and he lost the ability to follow who was leading him, essentially, because he didn't have the keys in the ignition. And we know from that uh, story that keys do more than just start the ignition. They actually are the keys to actually uh, help us with the direction uh, for our driving. And so during this series, we really want to just maybe actually put some keys into your hands. 
Maybe we just you, you're actually lacking a few keys in your life and you're feeling a little directionless. Or maybe these keys actually are going to unlock you from just feeling like, man, I am so driven in life. Like there's something that isn't behind me that is just sending me on this track. And I know like they talk about like God's love and, the, and he talks about how there's a will for, like God has a purpose and a will for my life. But I've got this stuff that's just driving me crazy. <laughs> You know, that is sending me on a track that I know actually God is not calling me to. And it may not be like this incredibly bad path that you're on, but it may be just this deviation that you don't need to go down. And some of those things that actually drive us in life can be uh, the only expectations that we have to perform in life that we carry on our shoulders. You know, we can be our own cruel master sometimes because... We're living in the past. We're living from the way that our parents actually set us up to live. There's things called family mottos, like, you know, like if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing well. So maybe you've never started anything new in a year or two because you're just scared that when you take a start that you're actually going to not do a good job. You know, because you've been told that if you're going to do something, you've got to do it right. You know, that was one of the things that I actually had to uh, realize. I had to realize that life is actually a bit of an experiment. <laughs> and that, that, that I'm going to discover who I am as I try new things. And I'm going to be able to share that journey with others, that God has got a call for my life. But experimenting is actually a great thing to do uh, in life because we know, well, it's really great when we know that actually God's with us first. If we're experimenting without God, we're going to feel kind of vulnerable. You know, maybe actually you've just got this fear of failure around you, and that's just driving you to go a certain way, and you won't step out of the boat into something new. And God just wants to set you free from that fear of failure. I don't know if you've felt locked up or driven, but Jesus wants to give you rest for your souls. What's driving you? What's, what's really in behind the reason that you do what you do? What is it that you're really feeling like, man, I have to do this because if I don't, da-da-da-da-da, it might happen. <laughs> you know, Jesus said this. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I know I love to look forward to having holidays, and holidays are great for rest and relaxation. But actually, Jesus doesn't say here, go on a holiday and you will have rest. He says, come to me. Come to me. I know I've, I've been on holidays and I've been like, flip, I'm not going to call those holidays anymore. I'm going to call them family adventures because, my gosh, <laughs> when you've got five kids, it's not, it's, it's not in the same paradigm. You know, Jesus is the one that he's saying, hey, come to me. Come to a relationship Come to a connection, come to offload, come to be real, come to my heart, and, and I'll give you rest. You know, he says, take my yoke, take a connection that is not heavy and is not burdensome, that is not driving you, that is not weighing you down, but take this yoke from me. It's actually easy. You know, that's the great thing about Jesus is that he, we can come to him as is, where is in life, and he wants to set us free no matter what our condition is, and then empower us 
So, and, and, and so that we can actually have this connection with the Father heart of God, with a deep reservoir of unending and unfailing love. He wants us to come to this place and know that kind of encounter so that then we can know what love is, so that then we've got something to give our lives out of. And He wants to unlock us from performance. And maybe you're even locked up in doing the church thing and doing this and doing that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But you're just actually still driven. <laughs> you know, Jesus wants us, and this is like this is a prophetic series for us as a church. We know that we're only going to have greater impact and greater love in this world as, as we are encountered by the love of God. Like we can't give what we don't have. And we want to like, and, and we've got great, you know, there's a great flow of love, and we're certainly not dim and I aren't look at you going, man, you're a bunch of skellywags. Just come on. Stop going to the pub on Fridays. No, we're not, we're not doing that. You might actually see me down there. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, joking, why? <laughs> Follow closer, love stronger. It's about discovering or rediscovering his heart for us. That is, you know, Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I want to be in that kind of kingdom. And he's saying to you today, no matter where you're at, you know, that you have righteousness through Jesus Christ. That it's by grace that you've been saved. You know, that there's, you're in the right place at the right time today, doing the right thing. Stop second guessing what you're doing. God's going to lead you. He's going to fill you and encounter you with joy as you just lean into Him. That's how good the good news of Jesus Christ is. So this morning, I'm just going to be um, spending a little bit of time from uh, John 21 here. And this is, um, this is we're jumping into uh, the, the passage of Scripture where Jesus has actually been crucified and He's resurrected uh, again, but His Disciples are actually living in this aftermath and this kind of wilderness in between place in their lives. And see, life is not going how they had planned it. See, they were with Jesus because he'd been prophesied that he was going to be the king and he was going to take dominion. And they were going, This is awesome. I'm going to be like, have special royal responsibilities on this planet. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to be in the in crowd and all you Romans are getting get wasted. And, and so that, that, that didn't happen. Jesus didn't come up to come to set up a kingdom on this earth that that was just you know for a period of time he he came to set a kingdom atmosphere from heaven so that the whole of earth could be saved but these guys didn't know that they were just going like what what is happening what has happened Jesus you promised so much and and Peter even he's regarded as the leader of the disciples he's he had betrayed Jesus three times. He's like, I don't know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus who? Jesus Christ? Uh, no, I don't know Jesus. Who is Jesus? And so he did not, he had said, Jesus, I reject you in my heart. I don't want to be associated with you. And he's dealing with the shame, I can imagine, of this denial 
uh, of Jesus. And then they've also, there's this other thing that's happened, which is pretty profound, is that there were 12 of them. Now there's just 11. Judas, who they thought they were new, was actually working behind the scenes, maybe for quite some period of time. And he had betrayed Jesus into the hands of the Romans and, and he had sold him out. And then Judas, who was like a brother to them, I can imagine, he had gone off and he had hung himself. He had taken his own life because he couldn't handle the guilt. I mean, this is not an incredible space to be in. They're going, what is going on in my life? This is not the direction I'd hoped for. And in John 21, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going out to fish. (laughs) I'm going out to fish. And they said, well, you're the leader. We'll go with you. So they went out and they got into, uh, into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. This was the first time that these guys are actually doing something that's recorded here anyway in the scripture, that they were doing something together, but without Jesus. And it, and it just wasn't wasn't going well. They, they had their nets out. They had their fish finders activated. They understood the game. They, had, they were experienced in the trade. They had a reputation. And all night long, they've been throwing out the net and bringing it in. And it's empty. And I'll be like, okay, we're over here. We're throwing out the net and we're bringing it. Oh, it's empty. All night long. Like I've been fishing quite a bit with Tristan and I get bored if nothing's happening after 10 minutes. Like, Where's my bait? You know, these guys were in the dark place. They were in the dark of the night and they were doing what they thought they needed to do and they had absolutely nothing to show for it. And today, you know, I don't know where you're at in life, but maybe you feel actually like you're in a fruitless season where you've just been kind of going out in faith and and you're called into hair and you're throwing your net out and nothing is actually happening. I want to tell you, you, this is a good place for you because Jesus pursues us. Jesus wants to encounter us. And so he, the, the, these, these guys, they, they hear this cry from the beach and, and he yells out, throw your net out onto the other side of the boat and you will find some fishes. When they did, it says they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Jesus reconnected to them with a miraculous display of his goodness. Man, I want some of that. That sounds awesome. We want that. That's not a bad thing to want. Like we we're called to carry abundance. And Jesus said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually bless you. I'm gonna bless you. And it, and then it says that the disciple whom Jesus loved loved said to Peter. It is the Lord. It is the Lord. The disciple who Jesus loved recognized it is the Lord. And I want to tell you that, man, no matter where you're at or what place you're in, that His, His love is pursuing you. He, is, he wants to be with you in the fruitless and the empty moments. <laughs> You know, he's not. If you're feeling fruitless and and just kind of empty, then I, you you even put Jesus off your life. <laughs> he he's still he is still totally for you. And 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 
And when we have nothing to show for the efforts in our lives, he still wants to meet with you. And I love it how Jesus, he searched out these guys in the dark place in the middle of the night. He searched them out. And he's like, I'm coming closer to you. I'm going to reach you. You think you're going to go back fishing? Well, you know that, you, that, that my love has actually got great substance for your life. And you got, you're born to change the world I, I, we just had a great series, a great Breakthrough 21 uh, series, and, and um, we've had some awesome testimonies come in. And I just want to read a testimony that was sent in uh, this week, and, and she's called it The Father's Love Revealed. It says this, Over the month of breakthrough, my understanding of the Father's love for me went from being head knowledge to a real heart revelation. Even after being a Christian for over 10 years, I, I really struggled with this concept. I knew in my head but lacked the personal revelation in my heart. God to reveal to me His goodness in which I deemed ridiculously impossible in my mind and a far-fetched dream. Isn't that awesome? To be something He actually wanted to bless me with. He showed me that we truly do matter to Him, and He sees and knows us so intimately. The desires of our hearts, even those who things that nobody knows about, no matter how big or small, achievable or totally out there, and perhaps a bit ridiculous, it matters to Him. We matter to Him. That's a good word, eh? That is a good word. And she noted here from Psalm 84:11, no good thing. Will he withhold from me? You know, that's how God sees us. He sees us as a father that actually just, he, just a generous father. He's generous. He's kind. I love what she said here that the, that the father's love for me went from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. Went from head to heart. Even though she's been a Christian for 10 years. Isn't that awesome that God actually, like we can follow Jesus and, and say yes to him as Savior and yes to him as Lord and even in a way, yes to him as Father. But he wants to actually, he wants for us to encounter what love feels like. He actually wants us to encounter the safety and the security and, and the vibrancy of his love and of His goodness. And I want to tell you that the love of Christ is not just an idea for us to have locked up in our heads. Love has a reality attached to it. It has a reality. It, has, it initiates change and progress. Love, love goes and love does and love is. Love is not just a thought or a concept. You know, his love can be a promise and his love can be wisdom. His love could be even financial breakthrough. His love can be encouragement for something. You know, his love has legs and his love wants to be released to this world through our lives. Like that's what he wants. He wants love to have legs. He wants us to be able to take love, but we can't take love if we actually don't own love. And this morning, the message for you is that He has got great love for your life. And I think one of the most profound things that love actually does, and I know does for me, is that love gives me this overwhelming assurance that everything is going to be okay. <laughs> that everything's going to be okay. 
even when it just looks like it isn't going to be, even when there's a whole lot of loose ends in our lives, and even when, you know, just life is tough. Because that, that, that's the reality, is that our faith walk is actually a walk of challenge. It is a walk that is diverse, and when it is a walk, I, I hope that you're walking out, outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> Because that's where he wants to take us. He wants to take us into new places and spaces. But we don't, if we don't know his love, we will feel so vulnerable in those new places that he's calling us into. Don't, don't step out and, and don't step out and, and think that you're on your own. Like when you step out in faith, know that God has incredible love for you to step out in. It says in this passage of Scripture that God, John calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. See, it was John who recognized that the, the, maybe that was the long-haired hippie on the beach. It's like, whoa, who is that dude? And he's like, that's the voice of Jesus. That, that has the voice of Jesus attached to it. See, John called himself the one who Jesus loved because he understood that Jesus loved him. <laughs> that he noticed him, that he was totally good and that his love wanted to reach him. And, and I think of uh, like these disciples and John must have had such an incredible adventure following Jesus, you know, like watching him. And he was like their, you know, he was their teacher and he was, he was someone so great. And John could say, yeah, well, you know, God's my mentor and, and, and the wind and the waves, they obey him and he raises people from the dead and I'm hoping to be like him one day, you know, like, and, and, and John defines his relationship with Jesus, not as a student or, or, or as, a, as, as Jesus as his mentor or um, his boss or even the Lord God Almighty. He says, ask the one who loves me. <laughs> it's the one who loves me. See, Jesus was undoubtedly the greatest leader this world has ever had. Walk on it. You know, he's incredible. But John frames Jesus as the greatest example and the greatest lover of his life. See, God wants us, he wants to lead us with love. He wants to heal us with love. He wants to shape us with His love. And John understood that Jesus had this heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit connection, and that connection was the thing that defined their relationship. That's the thing that needs to define our relationships with God, people, is, is not our behavior, but it's, it's that connection with the God who loves us. See, John had heard Jesus say this in John 10, 27. He said, John wrote this. He said, he said of Jesus that Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. See, John's like, oh, I need to hear his voice. I need to come familiar with the voice of Jesus. And John wrote this about Jesus at the start of his gospel in John 1. He said, and this is the Passion Translation. He said this, he said this about Jesus. He said, in the beginning, God was already there. And before his face was his living expression. That is Jesus. And this living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face, in the very beginning 
And through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things, for nothing has existence apart from him. Light came into being because of him, for his, light, his life is the light of, for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through the gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. See, John could see the connection that Jesus had with the Father. John could see the closeness and the synergy that, 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 these, that, that form the relationship of the Father and the Son. Unity basically means this. It means that the state of being made one, and it's a condition of harmony. And that scripture goes on to say that we have this incredible right and privilege to be known as a child of God in the same way that Jesus has a relationship with the Father. He's saying that you and I can have the same heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit connection with the Father, to have a constant condition of harmony with the Father around our lives. Isn't that awesome? To be one with Him. See, that voice of John identifying who Jesus was, that voice, he was like, oh, that that sounds like Jesus. That voice that gave recognition to Jesus, that voice revealed to Peter who was standing on the beach. And as soon as Peter heard John say, it is the Lord, it says that he wrapped his outer garments around him and he jumped into the water. It's amazing that, See, as we understand and as we hear the voice of Jesus, as we know the voice of Jesus and say, that was Jesus, that recognition of him actually influences others around us. It was John's recognition of Jesus that sent Peter to go and follow him. This is an incredible story, and I'm actually going to cut my message short today. But as Simon Peter heard uh, John say, it's the Lord, it, it must have been an incredible flashback moment for him, for, for Simon Peter, because three years earlier, Peter had met Jesus on a boat after a fruitless night of fishing and said, come and follow me. Three years later, Peter is meeting Jesus again on a boat after a fruitless night of fishing. And I just want you to check out this video this morning. Thanks, guys. Uh, I guess in, in some ways this morning I've just been just sort of stirring that pot of, you know, it's just, it's not enough to just know about God. It's actually, we're called to know Him and a deep heart connection. And this morning, I just want to re- invite those who are actually like, you know, I I want to know, I want to know God in a deeper way. I actually want to know Father. I want to know Father. I've actually just felt driven with my life. And, you know, I just want to come become unhooked from whatever is driving me and let the Father's love lavish on my life that I could just continually have a life that is about responding to the voice of Jesus. Just as Peter responded to Jesus when he came into his world. If you want to respond to this, maybe a new rhythm in your life, the rhythm of grace, I just want to invite you up the front as we just 
kick off this last worship song. I'd love to stand with you and just release God's grace and love over your life. Let's just roll into that. Thanks, team. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.